You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where honest conversations take place every single week about marriage, life, love, sex, intimacy, struggles. I'm sure there's some more things we could name if we kept trying to think through it, Shannon. But We could create a long list, <laughs> couldn't we? There's, yes, and that's the idea of what we want to offer every time we, we have you guys tune in. And I want to say thank you for those of you that tune in regularly. But we want to just be straightforward and can't no candy coating allowed. I love that expression. It's Well, sometimes having candy coating could be fun but not on the show um maybe so, in bed but yeah not on the show. there we go um <laughs> but this is a i, I guess a, we're doing a potpourri show so i'm kind of just all over the place which is kind of where we're going to be with the show so i guess i'm just fitting right into the segue That's that we're, it. yeah we're trying to get That's it set it. up we we have to do one of those once in a while because we get so many great emails yes, do. that don't warrant an entire show but do warrant a you know a yeah, nod a tip of the hat yeah they're they're good good questions and they're not going to be uh, necessary to expand. But all these emails that we're referring to, they come in to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And that's when we get all kinds of information that helps us set the stage for future shows. And we even have a form if you go to sexymarriageradio.com and look in the drop-down box on the, in the navigation bar. It'll say, uh, ask your questions. And that'll give you a form to give even more detail if you've got something that you want us to cover in even more detail and depth. But we want to hear from you because you help spread the word. You help us climb the charts. And we love it when people jump on iTunes and give us all, some kinds of reviews. And I have to say thank you to several of you that did that after my plea from a couple weeks ago where I mm-hmm. asked straight out for people to leave comments. There's, there's some fresh ones on there. And I got to say thank you because you guys are awesome. So here we go. I think of, I don't want to waste time. Let's just jump right into these, these emails, you think? I want to jump right in, but you know what, Corey, I had the thought, could you imagine we're up to episode number what, like 275, 276? Yeah, this is probably, I'm not even sure because we, we, we record these in advance. So almost 300 episodes, (laughs) we're getting getting close to the 300 mark. Could you imagine how difficult it would be to come up with that many different topics if we didn't have feedback at (laughs) sexymarriageradio.com? Yes, because there's several things, several things that have, that we've covered that are just because of listeners. Right, that we would have never in a million years thought of that. Yep. But yep. thank you for yep. sending us the ideas. All right, so here's the first email. So um, it's, it's from a husband that I love your show, have an amazing wife, and we have an amazing sex life. And given the fact that we are Christians, we like to talk dirty sometimes. We use certain bad words that I'm sure you could figure out. I mean, send those in to feedback. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I often wonder if this is horrible in God's eyes. I'm hoping you could somehow hit on this in your clean show. I, dirty, I love the question. I do too, because dirty talk is a component of a relationship, of eroticism, of tension. I totally agree. And the idea that anyone would feel as if God would be displeased makes me sad. I feel as if people who view God through a lens of legalism of, oh, but if I do this or think this or say this, then he's going to strike me down or something. That's not God at all. Right. I think that God delights when people love each other and, and trust each other enough to develop their own special language that they don't share with anybody else. Right. Because think about it. The words that we use, 
We don't use those with our kids, with our boss, with our friends, maybe some words with our friends, but in a totally different context. Right. But in the context that we're talking about as a love language between you and your spouse to build sexual tension, I just don't think that there's anything more beautiful, more sacred, more hot mm-hmm. and titillating than that special language. Absolutely. And I think it's probably worth defining the whole concept of dirty talk because dirty talk doesn't necessarily mean expletives. It doesn't. Ex- explain. Okay. Well, okay. So you're, you're saying that it, it can just be passionate and arousing without being well, okay so you're at a uh party mm-hmm. even a church function let's go that far you're it's after church and you're in the lobby and you're standing around talking to your friends and your wife let's say she's the initiator of dirty talk for this moment and she walks up to you and says if all these people weren't around i would jump you right now that's dirty talk Right, but it didn't have a profane word. Not at all. Not at all. And and even the other component of, you know, just the whole hey, and this obviously this doesn't usually work if the guy initiates this kind of talk, but just the hey, guess what color my panties are? You know, a, a guy a guy saying to his wife, "Hey, honey, guess what color my boxers are?" She's probably not. Oh, I'm so turned on right now. But to a to a husband, he just wants to know there's no skid marks in them. That's all she's concerned about. To a, to a husband, that's like a hey, you are thinking of me. That's dirty mm-hmm. talk. That's initiation. That's the whole creating sexual tension. Energy. That's that's dirty talk to me. So yeah. it's not just the language. It's not just expletives. Yeah, it's also true. a whole lot more. And so I would challenge our listeners because I know we have – I love the fact that Sex and Marriage Radio has a crossover audience, mm-hmm. right? And it's been very intentional that right. we want to speak to what the Christians and some of the believers that are, that are in the same vein as you and I, Shannon, where mm-hmm. churches aren't talking about this. But I also want to have good, honest, healthy information that's not religious – sapped stuff it's it's just good stuff of doing life and so i think we have a group of our audience that they don't think of of dirty talk as well i can't i can't well no this is playfulness which is a dirt which is dirty talk this is um seductive which is dirty talk this so that's a maybe that opens up a whole nother arena yeah, what comes to mind, Corey, is that you know, obviously we're not just talking to Christians or even just Jews or, or Muslims. Or, we're talking to all sexual beings. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter what their religious background is. But you know, I have to take issue with the word dirty because I think that we are taught very early you know, not to say those dirty words. But there is nothing dirty right. about sex between right. a husband and a wife. Right. That is the most clean, pure, unequivocally right thing in the world. It's what has made sure that the species continues yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and, and it certainly is god's creation and so the idea that it's dirty kind of makes me sad but i think that what the what the person who wrote the email really wants to know is if they are using mm-hmm. oh, no words, i, I understand are using vulgar words if they are dropping the f-bomb or whatever and my opinion on that is i feel as if every healthy person has a pendulum swing to some degree or another in some area of their life I think that to put themselves so securely in a category that they don't allow themselves any room for any fun or coloring outside the lines or breaking the mold or anything like that, it's kind of like all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy type Mm -hmm. of a thing. 
And I think that it can be a really healthy pendulum swing mm-hmm. for a couple to feel the freedom to use whatever language they want to use that they would never use in front of their church members, that they would never use in right. front of anybody else on the planet except for each other. Right. No, I, I, I agree. It creates an exclusivity that yep. there's something special to our relationship that doesn't apply to any other relationship that we have. Right. And I think it's yeah. important. This is this is the stuff I've been teaching my kids. You know, they're 11 and 9. And so they're being exposed now in middle school and upper elementary to a lot of the colorful language and, and phrases that are out there. And so I've, from the very beginning, I've tried to teach them in the sense that Words are just words. The meaning of them is what matters. And I think that's what's important because I can say something that has no expletive involved but be completely degrading or disrespectful to somebody, and I'm in the wrong. Right. Right? So I think if you're talking about in the context of this question, words are just words. If you're steering all of that energy towards your spouse, good for you. Absolutely. That's that's have fun with that. Yeah. And I'm a big believer of you get to assign the meaning to what you say, but what you also have to consider is that how the person receives it is more important than how you intend it. So just simply make sure that your spouse is on board. Yep. Um, I I know that there have been couples who had to have conversations in my office where he or she said something to them in the heat of the moment, and it wasn't a turn on. But fortunately, usually people have a sensitivity that, you know, I don't need to make an issue about that right now in this moment. I can bring that up later. Right. So just making sure that you're both comfortable is really the most important thing. That it's accomplishing the goal that you wanted to accomplish, that it's turning each other on and not a turn off in any way. Yeah. And that's, but I would say let go of any spiritual guilt. Absolutely. Because that's the idea of if you're venturing into uncharted waters, there's going to be somebody that leads it. And then sometimes you got to pull back the reins a little bit and realize, okay, wait, wait, sorry. We're we're, we're building up to that. And that's where I would say if you're wanting to try to incorporate dirty talk into your relationship more, do it outside of the bedroom, outside of the heat of the moment, and do it as the playful, seductive, flirting, sexual tension kind of stuff and see if that ramps up the energy. Yeah, coming up behind him, putting your arms around their waist, whispering something in their ear while he's at his desk or she's at the washing machine or whatever. Just see where that takes you. That gives you a pretty good indicator of what impact a certain word has on your spouse. And I do know that there are certain words that, based on what you grew up with, they can be triggers. So you definitely want to avoid certain words or, or words said in a specific context that can be very triggering. And, and that also harkens back to what the show that we did about sexual abuse. If yeah. there were certain words that the abuser used to groom them or whatever, that's going to be a sore spot. Right. So it's really just learning each other's language. Right. That's great. Yeah. All right. Next question. This one I love near and dear to my heart. The question <laughs> came in that says, I rem- uh, it's an upcoming trip that their family is taking. And she remembers me mentioning traveling in an RV over the summer with my family, which we do every summer. I knew it was going to be the RV question. Yeah, well, I knew it. As we're soon as I came in, I was like, oh, that's up Corey's alley. We're pretty much doing the same thing over the summer. So we're in the midst of planning. And the one thing that hubby and I are talking about last night is how the heck are we going to have sex with the kids around in the RV? So Corey, do you have any tips, insights you can help with since you've recently had a trip like this? Love this because I have, tell. I have spent a lot of time researching answers for just this question. Um, so a lot of it comes down to what are the age of your kids? Because um, if they're young, 
they likely will have a little bit deeper sleep sometimes. You know, like babies and infants and toddlers, when they're out, sometimes toddlers are just out. I don't know if your kids were like that, Shannon. But oh, yeah. ours were, once they were down, they're down. Oblivious. Right. So it doesn't matter if the camper's rocking, they, they're out, right? <laughs> because that is a component. You have to think about it. You're on a house on wheels. And so the slightest movement, I mean, my kids now on the other end of our, our fifth wheel, when one of them rolls over, if they do it not gently, we feel it. It, it, you know, it's, it, it causes something. So what we've done, what I found is I went and researched. So some of this depends on the type of camper or RV you're using. If you're mm-hmm. using any kind of a pull-behind trailer or fifth wheel, you can go and find some stabilizers that will go on the uh, front and back that make them kind of cross-member bars that you just yeah. tighten. Once you set everything up, you tighten that into place, and that helps secure it. The other thing, if it is a trailer, getting X-lock chocks is what they're called, but they go in between the two tires, like if you have a, a dual-axle a tandem axle trailer, it goes mm-hmm. in between and that pushes the tire, the axles apart to lock that part down. Cause that's where most of the movement comes from. It's okay. from your axles. So, I mean, those are two simple ones that you can start with. You've really thought this I through. have, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's part, it is not just for sex. I just wanted it. So that way when in the morning, when a kid woke up, get up, I didn't want them shaking all of us awake. Cause we want that our kids wake up, they go to the the dining room table or the little kitchen table we have, and they pull out books or crayons or games, and they just kind of sit and wait till we get up and start breakfast. So I wanted like I don't want them to wake me up, so it's a selfish thing, but it's also a component of all right. I knew sex was going to be going on, so outside of that, have some fun trying to have sex with as little movement as possible. Have it a little a little slower. Have tried different positions. You don't have to ramp it up and go crazy and and be very loud and all kinds of movement. Have it a much more tender, much more uh, just in soft and gentle. Yes, and yes, that opens and, and up that a whole nother arena. Mm-hmm. That can be equally as arousing. Just yep. the challenge of of creating something out of the norm yep. and the tension that that can create. Yep. So yeah. that's, that's what you could do when the kids are in the camper. The other thing is if your kids are old enough, um, lots of campgrounds will have camps uh, like playgrounds and stuff. So there can be an element of, hey, kids, whoever's the oldest, you're in charge. You're heading to the camp. You're heading to the playground. Don't come back for another 30 minutes, you know, or something. And just lock the door. You know? <laughs> just, so there's a couple of things that you can do and be creative with it. Um, I'm still, I mean, one of the things I love doing is when we go camping on these long trips is I, I find public land places to camp so that there's nobody around and we just, Ooh. we take a generator and we, we disappear in the forest and we don't see other people and we just survive for, what a concept. for three or four days because it's usually free. There's lots of places around national parks that have public land that you can find primitive campsites hmm. as long as you can get your camper in there safely. Um, but I'm still, that's my favorite because then my kids just take off and go explore. And that gives us freedom to, <laughs> to, to deal with things. And then my, my still, the dream I still have is uh, figuring out how to have sex on the roof in the middle of nowhere. On with, the roof of the RV? Oh, yeah. Because in, in, in like Utah or somewhere, it's completely dark. And you're seeing the all the stars. 
Mm-hmm. That that so that's too well, much. You let us know when you cross that off your bucket list, Corey Allen. <laughs> well, I may not share that, but you know. But that's a You're great question. To private life. Yeah, it's a great. That's a great question. Just because it is a great question. I know that you have a really cool trip coming up too. Tell us the locations where you're going. Oh, this summer we're heading Yellowstone, Glacier, Tetons, Mount Rushmore, all up north towards Canada. So it should be a blast. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. But here's, here's the other thing that people need to know, though. Even if the trailer rocks a little, even if you get caught in the act, so yep. what? Yep. I think kids need to know that marriage is where hot sex happens yep. and that this is what mom and dad do and that this is what I have to look forward to when I grow up and get married. There's just absolutely no shame in that. Yep. So if you get busted, just grin and you yeah, know and just say well I'm, I'm sure that uh you wish that you could unsee that sorry yeah, yeah and just move right along just yeah let and it be it's, it's the idea thing. of don't sensationalize it with your kids just be upfront about it with your kids because our kids have asked not from this i think they've mentioned something before for in the camper but they've asked on the times where we were very intentional going to bed early my daughter why are you guys going to bed so early and i love it because pam just said straight out well we want to have more time back there, just us. We want to mm-hmm. hang out and read. We want to talk. We want to get to bed early. And sometimes we want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't tell me that. I'm like, well, you asked, you know. And then, <laughs> if you didn't want to know, don't ask. Right. So it's just, but that's it. You just make the comment and you move on because it yeah. is a, a great part of life. Yeah. And Corey, while we're on this topic, I just recall an email that we got a long time ago, but a guy who was so traumatized by the fact that he stumbled upon his parents in an intimate act mm-hmm. and his dad exploded at him and right. went ballistic. Right. That is never, ever, ever the appropriate response to a child who stumbled upon your sexual activities. Right. They're just as traumatized as you are. Don't make it an even bigger issue by responding with anger or mortification. Right. It just is what it is. Laugh about it joke about it move on and a lot of that's going to come down to how do we catch ourselves when we are embarrassed how do Mm -hmm. we catch ourselves when we're scared or or something because a lot of times think about it how often do people have uh, anger as their socially acceptable response to a lot of other things right to fear sadness So Anxiety, how different and drastically different would it be if you were to go to your kid and say, I'm so embarrassed because of what happened? Because we try to keep you guys from, you know, being exposed to that stuff. And maybe I didn't handle that well in the way I responded to you, but know that, it, you know, I'm, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real concern for both of us. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of be upfront about it. That's the best thing we can do. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So here's another one. This is one where, uh, we, we both need to chime in, Shannon. So this is saying, please discuss from both the male and female points of view what goes on in the mind of the spouse that gets rejected and in the mind of the spouse that rebuffs engagement or pursuit. Wow. Because there is a difference between male, males and females and how they deal with rejection and what it means, correct? I, mean, I would assume so. There's got to be a I little still, bit. There's going to be a lot of overlap. but Yeah, I think at the core – it's human nature Mm -hmm. that rejection stings. Mm -hmm. It stings and it stinks. Like none of us crave rejection. Right. When we were young and fantasizing about what it would be like when we have our own wife or husband someday, I don't think any of us included rejection in that scenario. (laughs) Probably not. You know, we assumed that that would never happen. Never in a million years. Um, so yeah, you want to start? Um, well, I think that a lot of it comes down to, 
if you're framing this in the concept of the hus- the male is the high desire, that's where I'm going to go with this kind of conversation, just because that opens him up to rejection because the bulk of the initiation is going to be on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So the, the trick I have used for me and then that I teach and talk about in the husband mastermind groups and with my clients boils down to how do I reframe what's going on with me? That is it a rejection of me or is it a rejection of the context of the environment of the circumstance of the act of the initiation of the moment? Because a lot of times we can take rejection as it's a personal indictment of me. But mm-hmm. in reality, no, she just rejected my penis at the moment, or she just rejected my interest at the moment, or she just rejected something else at, in the moment. And so I've tried to challenge myself to start to see it as, okay, it still hurt, it still stung, but I was a man that took action. I was a man that showed interest. I was a man that pursued And for me, what I want to do in my marriage with Pam is I want her to know and feel pursued by me. Mm -hmm. I want that. That's a foundational thing that I think speaks to the core of Pam. And I think it speaks to the core of Eve. But in my case, it's just Pam. (laughs) So I I see it as, okay, I I make a comment and I'm less attached to how's her response to it. I'm more attached to is this comment or is this in initiation and overture towards something coming from me that the parts I want to be and who I want to become. So that's kind of – it doesn't make the sting of rejection any less necessarily. It just helps me see it as I wasn't putting all my stock on, okay, did this happen? Was it successful or not? I put my stock on – was that kind of me? Was that more in line with who I am and what I want to be? Do I want to be a guy that's into his wife? Yes, I do. Okay. I demonstrated Without that. Without apology. Right. I demonstrated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The flip side for, I'm going to go in the direction of if the woman is the higher desire. Right. Okay. Because Perfect. we do have Perfect. a lot of listeners who yep. fall into that category. I think that there are two things that have to be addressed. Number one, there, there's a stereotype that um that if a woman i mean if if a guy is pursuing his wife if he's the high desire then he's normal because stereotypically that's how the scenario plays itself out right but in the scenario where it's the woman who wants sex or is interested more often i think that there's a little bit of anxiety that comes with that for a woman yep. in that what does that make me it, it, it makes me, I mean, you've used the word enigma before. Yep. Um, it makes me a vixen. It makes me, you know, like, you know, when, when boys are, are getting all their sexual experience in high school and college, they're called, you know, a stud, right. uh, you know, popular macho, that sort of thing. But if a girl's doing it, you know, not, she's, she's a not ho, called, she's, she's not called a stud. Uh, 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 uh. And so there's a lot of anxieties that come when you, when a woman realizes that she has the greater desire than her husband, Mm -hmm. she has to really reconcile that in her mind and she needs to step into the ownership of that as well. I think, I I don't think that a woman ever needs to apologize for the fact that she's sexually interested No, and for the fact that she's sexually interested in her husband. And I know there are probably a lot of husbands out there going, I would give my right arm if she would be that way. Well, I think that so much of it is biology. I, I think that 
if we lined up every woman on the planet and had their testosterone levels checked, you would see that some women's levels are very high and some are very low. Sure. And that's not something that they can necessarily control. But as far as when the woman pursues and she gets rejected, I almost wonder if it doesn't hit her harder than it does the man because of these issues that we just talked about. It because might. she's had to work so hard to come into her own, to feel confident in her own skin enough to pursue her husband, but then to get shot down, it kind of, it goes against the stereotype of all men want sex and, it, and all they need is a willing partner. Well, here you are providing yourself as a willing partner and he is like, yeah, no thanks. So the woman automatically is like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Am I not pretty enough? Am I not sexy enough? And I'm not smart enough. Do I smell bad? Like she's going through the list in her head of why doesn't my husband fit the stereotypical male category of he wants sex all the time. So I, I, I just wonder, is it harder? I would love to hear from women on this. Yeah. Is it, do you think that it's harder for you as a woman to be rejected sexually than it is for the stereotypical high desire husband to be rejected by his wife? Because I almost wonder if that's not expected a certain amount of the time by men. Do you often aim with every intention that, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to shoot anyway. Are you asking me? Yeah. Do you think men do that? Do you think that they try to initiate even when they know there's very little chance right now? Um, sometimes, but I think what husbands fall victim to more is trying to read the tea leaves to pounce rather than instigate, <laughs> um, which sets up a whole big chaotic, crazy cycle of now you're hovering, now you're you know, kind of just watching in the weeds, waiting and hoping that you know, she has some sort of thought and you know, it's, so it's just biology plays an important role. The human condition plays an important role of, I think humans in general, we don't want rejection. We want acceptance. Sure. Uh, that's why we put some forethought typically into how we look, how we present ourselves, how we talk, the words we use. You know, there's not a whole lot of people that walk the earth that are just brutally honest with everything that they have, the, the thought that comes in their head. You're right. You know, and that's right. A, that's a filtering. A what women want movie. Yeah. It didn't yeah. do, it didn't serve him well. Right. So it's just recognizing that I, I, I'm certain it's different for men versus women on how we handle and confront. How you interpret it. Yeah. How we, how, how it hits us. Mm -hmm. But there's still enough similarity to how do you start to see that? And even in the high desire wife's case, or even if she's the low desire wife and she's just interested, because I can almost, I can't guarantee, but it's likely that even in the scenario when the wife is the low desire, there has, there's probably been times where she's expressed an interest and he either didn't catch it or ignored it and set and flat out re rebuffed it that that stings even more because he wanted her to know what it feels like to be rejected. No, you think? I, I think aggressive? Yeah, see, I think we're talking about deeper psychology here because I think there's a component of, how do you get into this? We don't have a whole lot of time left on the show. We might need to table this for a later <laughs> one, but no, it's still the idea of there's a component of control that, okay, if I'm the one that's going to be the one initiating, 
when Pam initiates, that's gonna that that can be kind of a taken aback by me. It's like, whoa, I, I'm caught off guard, and so I don't handle it well. It's kind of like, changes the dance steps, so right. you have to change your dance. So steps. it's like, how do I how do I how do I follow that lead? Um, the way I think of, the way I frame it is when Pam makes a move that's like that that's very very overt. She outmasculines me. Mm. That, that's and that's not a that's not a testosterone kind of thing. That's just a component of masculine feminine energies that we each humans have within us. She takes over the leadership of the day. Right. So when she takes the reins, sometimes now that brings to my forefront the control issues I might have of no 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 that's my responsibility. I got to do that. And so it's just recognizing how do I see these as okay? Hold on. How do I learn to be responsive and receptive? How do I learn to get in touch with my feminine, if you will, and and have her lead an experience and that can be freaky to deal with in the sense of i i feel out of control i feel and while there can be huge benefits to that lots of times when we first kind of venture into these things we don't handle those well and so sometimes a husband could shoot those down sometimes a wife could even shoot those down because she's not willing to let go of control we've had some emails on that of how do i really let go sexually you know, because I don't know if I trust enough to do that, or I don't know if I am confident enough in myself on where that might lead me. So we're talking about something a whole lot deeper that we play way up on the surface of when you're talking about the interchange between who initiates how, how do you deal with rejection and all of that. So it's, (laughs) that's an interesting question because you go. Do you think that it would be helpful if a couple maybe had a code word that let the spouse know, I'm just trying to play hard to get here. I just need you to pursue me harder because some people do have that need. It's like, I need you to prove to me that you really do want me, that this is not just about you, you really want me versus a code word that says, I really need you to back off. I'm, I really need. See, I think that one's more often uh, that might be a better route because I don't know if as, as humans self-included in this have enough awareness at times in the moment to say, you know, I need I, you to pursue me more. I need you to pursue me more because <laughs> you know? it's usually just my, what's the, the thing that comes to my mind is the conversations I have with my kids when they bring up, Hey, can we go over there? And my immediate reaction is no. And then I'm like, what's there? What's the basis of that? Well, nothing. Right. It's just a reaction. So how do I slow myself down and go, yeah, go ahead, venture out, try that out, rather than my initial reaction that was just knee-jerk. And so I think there could be moments of code word that is back off. (laughs) I'm I'm serious here. But but I think that you could also use a code word like first base, like before you expect me to hit a home run with you, how about if you pay these lips some attention? How about if you romance me a little? How about if we snuggle on the couch? Like help me warm up. Women need to warm up. And that's Pam, Pam and I have used this before. Uh, hasn't this was this is kind of I guess how we started this whole thing this conversation of rather than the quick no it would be I'm not interested right now but I could maybe be you know persuaded exactly because then that's a then that's a challenge you know then that's a uh, I'm open it's authentic Mm -hmm. and it's an invitation right so rather than constantly being yes or no because it's not a black and white world we live in Mm-hmm. You know, kind of be a, oh, I'm kind of indifferent right now, but, but. But that's a shade of gray that could be fun to explore. Yeah, but a, a bubble bath and a massage could really get me there. Or, you know, but 
paying all these bills and get that off my to-do list. That might get me there because now I got more room and bandwidth. You know, who knows? Spoken the man of an is yeah, the man of an, the husband of an accountant. There you go, and it is tax season. So hey, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for spending some time with us. We really do appreciate all the input that you guys send us. So mm-hmm. wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hope it leads to some fantastic sex. Yep, we love you for listening.